Welcome to another episode of the Programmatic Digest podcast. I have a very special guest on the podcast today, Michelle Ngome. How are you doing today, Michelle? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. Thank you for coming. Listen, <laughs> Michelle is a badass. I don't know, but like y'all better sit down, stop working out on this episode because this is going to be good. Okay. And here's why. Here's why, Michelle. Um, you know what? Maybe, maybe you should introduce yourself and tell the <laughs> listeners why they should be excited about this episode. Go ahead. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to mute and shut up. Go ahead. I'm going to give this long introduction. That way everyone has time to get their pen, paper, their laptop, open it up because we, we're going to drop some gems tonight. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> no, but um, Michelle Gomez, based in Houston, Texas. I am an inclusive marketing consultant. I have my business line 25 Consulting. I've been focusing on diversity marketing for the past four years, uh, but I've had my company for eight or nine years. That's dope. So obviously a lot of um, evolution Oh yes, <laughs> within the marketing space. Um, and when I started in 2013, focused on content and social media marketing, I realized that uh, these platforms were going to start doing advertising. And at that time, uh, if we think about our baby boomers, I was targeting baby boomers that have been in business at least for seven to 10 years because oh, wow. they've, they've already weathered the storm. Yeah. So they're pretty stable, but they had no clue what was going on on Facebook. <laughs> I was okay. like, let me, let me come in here and help you right quick. <laughs> Okay. So that's how I got, that, that's how I started my business, but been doing marketing for 15 years. And then in 2019, mm-hmm. I started the nonprofit, the African-American Marketing Association created to galvanize black mar- marketers in order for them to have the resources, resources and opportunities to grow their career, our business. So those are the two things that keep me busy. That's really cool. And and so can you talk to us about a little bit more on that mission of the African-American Marketing Association? Because it's a community and it's a podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, once again, really started, I was working at a law firm and I was the only marketer and I was talking to other marketers and they're like, you're a team of one? Like, how are we with these companies and we're a team of one? when marketing has at least 20 different things <laughs> that need to be focused on, right? Period, yeah. And so it's like, where are the Black marketers? Mm-hmm. And I would Google, I would Google, and nothing would come up. And I was like, hey, let's get this started. So, you know, started late October, I think October 2018. Mm-hmm. And then we launched in February 2019. Uh, so once again, really to create community, uh, membership is now free because of COVID. I thought the world was coming to an end. And <laughs> just... <laughs> we all did. <laughs> well, the, we we turned, we literally turned a year when COVID happened. Wow. So it started February, 2019. So that mm-hmm. February. Yeah. March is when everybody, everything shut down. The US. Yeah, so, yeah. So memberships was due. <laughs> like membership. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, go buy toilet paper. That's <laughs> funny. That's a membership. Go buy. It. So, <laughs> look how far we come. But um, so no, it was really about creating community. You know, we were having monthly events. On you know, there's plenty of marketing topics that can be discussed, and obviously, you know, providing resources as well. We have a job board, um, mm-hmm. just a resources page. 
um, different, we have a couple of authors, so promoting their books. And then in uh, 2021, we started the Marketing for the Culture podcast. Nice. Um, I've been podcasting since 2015. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, one, very quickly, the podcast was really on the basis of competitor analysis, right? Because there's other marketing associations. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what can we do to make ourselves different? Uh, so started the podcast. Now we can invite experts of all marketing backgrounds to come in, talk about their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe, you know, if you learn one thing that can change everything, you know, yeah. of getting more money, uh, especially in your business or negotiating better in your career. Yeah. And um, yeah, so then we flipped the podcast and then in May we had our first summit called the Marketing for the Culture Summit. Nice. In Atlanta, Georgia. So it's been three years. It's been a great journey. Uh-huh. Um, we have... Uh, about 600 members um, worldwide. Really? Um, yeah. So that's one of the benefits of the the COVID nineteen <laughs> pandemic. Um, like the virtual world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it definitely accelerated the growth of the organization. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's always good to have a plan, but you know, don't be afraid to pivot. Wow, that's such a big jam. Like, it's always good to have a plan, but don't don't be afraid to pivot. I think that's that's really cool because even in the career, like marketing is so broad, right? And I'm sure that's that's part of the education you provide. Like marketing is so broad. So my expertise is in programmatic advertising, which is niche to paid advertising, paid media. And I was just on the previous interview when when me and the guests agreed that sometimes programmatic people can be very siloed and they forget about the rest, right? Because we have so much technology available that we manage on a day-to-day pr- perspective that we forget about the others. And so with that being said, I think it's really important to always remember that pivoting phase that, and I love to say this on the podcast, so the, the lesson, listeners going to be tired of us, or tired of <laughs> me rather. But the thing is like, our jobs are not define us. It's not part of our identity. The skill set we acquire in that jobs may become part of that identity. So if you're in a branch of marketing right now and you're trying to pivot, this is the time. This is the time. And there's no like easy way to do it. Unfortunately, sometimes it feels uncomfortable. It's dirty. It's ugly, but you got to do it. And then sometimes also I would say it feels scary, but that's also also why it's important to find a community like what you are building. Like I literally was in that situation where I was like, there's no black marketers outside of the people I know. It's crazy. And I literally started saying black marketing things, black marketing, like something like Asian Mm -hmm. marketing. I I started Mm -hmm. reaching out to other cultures as well. And so talk to us about, you know, your diversity and inclusive marketing service, because I know you're a speaker. I know you're a consultant. Like if anybody is listening, because we are in the ad world, by the advertising world, mm-hmm. and we don't do it very well. Okay. Now some mm-hmm. companies do it very well. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to generalize here, but we still have a long way to go. Yeah. One of the main reasons why I started working for myself when I got fired, but I had made that decision in 2019 that no matter what I was going to work for myself, because I was tired of code switching constantly. And the people that are from part of a marginalized group or, you know, that look and sound like me and you, I still remember them because we were so few of us in that place that I was working at at the time. So talk to us about, you know, the magic that happens on a day-to-day perspective for you, but also like, if anyone is listening, when do they call you? Not why or if, (laughs) when do they call you? Like, let's do this. Let's start with this first question. I got several. 
Yeah, so much to unpack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a funny situation where I think when people go to my website and they mm-hmm. call or email me, mm-hmm. they're definitely ready to work, right? Okay. So at that point, they've already identified the problem. They're just trying to find the right person to solve the problem, right? Okay. Or who can solve the problem. Thank God I rank pretty well on. on <laughs> yeah, you do. The first, first, like the first result I came across was you. Was Michelle? I was like, oh. so, so a little SEO juice. So that definitely helps a lot. So I rank twice on Google. So I have my personal brand and my company brand. Oh, nice. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, well, I'm getting some competition now. But some of the other companies, like at least three to five other companies in that top 10 mm-hmm. are not even based in the U.S. Oh, wow. No way. Yeah. So, and I don't want to deviate too much, but that no, speaks to, the, to talk about it. Mm-hmm. the importance of finding a niche, um, honing in on those key words um, and creating content in order for you to rank. And, you know, that is work that I did late 2019 and I revamped stuff in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can, we can get into that later. Okay. Um, cause once again, so much stuff about marketing we can talk about. Um, but yeah, most people call me when they already have identified the problem. They're just looking for the right person to solve it. So I've been fortunate to work on projects where I'm either writing the communication for them oh, uh, yeah. when it comes to their website, maybe emails for a survey. Um, some people, they are already going to launch a website or revamp their website, but they Mm -hmm. want to make sure that the images and the content's inclusive. So then I review all of that. I may find the images for them. Uh Um, yeah, I do a lot of web audits, right? So that can be either before or during the launch. Mm -hmm. Um, so putting recommendations, um, also looking at a lot of, um, competitor analysis, like, Mm -hmm. okay. These are what your competitors are doing, um, wow. local, na- re- local, regional, national, and even worldwide, depending on the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do a lot of that. And then obviously the speaking in person mm-hmm. um, or online. And I love doing the speaking. And I really believe this. If you speak well, um, that can usually turn into a consulting opportunity, nice. um, whether it's short term or long term. So those yeah, are the I think, three or four things that keep me busy mm-hmm. um, within my line 25 business. Got it. So let me just clarify a couple of things for our listeners, because we know diversity is a problem and there it's a challenge for, for a lot of companies. But let's really identify what that really means for them, right? Because I want them to know what a problem can look like. Because again, everybody has a different definition of DEI and have a different definition of the problem, okay? Mm-hmm. So talk, can you enlighten us on like, you know, you when you're going through this situation, you need to give me a call or at least partner with somebody like me. So what is, what does the problem look like for real for those people? And because I know you talked about website auditing and, and things like that, but like, what's really the source? Like, how do they know what, what are the signs that, ah, shucks, we're going to have to call Michelle real quick. So the biggest problem is they're not diverse, right? So whether it's the website, they know that for the most part, there's a lot of white people Uh on the website, right? And one thing I say is white people can't police white people. 
right? <laughs> so if you have white decision makers, a white marketing team, they're going to look at these images and be like, everything's fine. They're going to look at this campaign, the content and be like, everything's mm-hmm. fine. I see what you mean. They're yeah. not going to look at a broad lens of, yes, I'm a black woman, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, there's a lot of intersection there, right? One, I'm queer. Two, although this is not necessarily on my resume, mm-hmm. um, but I work with people with disabilities. You know, that's how I paid my way through college. That's right? part of diversity, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. You're supposed to tell us about the problem. That's good. Let me right. See. So, you know, so I have a heart for people with disabilities, you know, neurodiversity is, you know, getting more attention too. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, is your website accessible? Mm-hmm. So that's the perspective wow. that I bring to the client um, that goes beyond one, my race. And then of course I have education and experience to back that up Two, um, especially now where people know the power of the, particularly the black dollar. Um, Mm -hmm. But if we look at um, blacks, Asians and Hispanics, Mm -hmm. each group is spending over a trillion dollars a year on consumer products, right? That's a lot of zeros y'all. Right. And that's each minority group. Wow. And and these groups, uh, these communities of color, like we are really brand loyal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But we know representation matters. So if we don't see ourselves, we're not, like if we don't see ourselves in a commercial on your Instagram page, we're probably not going to go to your website. Mm-mm. If we're not going to go to your website, we're not going to buy your product, your service, or visit your shop. And then the third thing is, how do you make diversity 365 and mm-hmm. not just that's 30 good. days? Mm, that's good. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so now we're in September, mm-hmm. but September 15th through October 15th is Hispanic Heritage Month. Oh, nice. Right? So that's great. Right. They definitely need to be acknowledged. But at the same time, how are you making your employees feel comfortable 365, right? Mm-hmm. How are you making your um, Hispanic customers feel inclusive 365? Mm-hmm. So I kind of come in and teach organizations, especially marketing departments on how to be mindful with that. Be mindful when you're creating content, mm-hmm. you know, what, do, what does the campaign look like? Not just on an individual picture, but the holistic campaign isn't inclusive and let, how do you keep people engaged, especially employees throughout the entire year? Um, So I've created a framework for that. So it's been a pleasure teaching marketing departments and marketing agencies on how to do that. That's really cool. And do you certify people in DEI? Excuse me? Do you certify uh, DEI? Did you mention that you had a program or a course to take? Oh, so no, no. I do have a framework called mm-hmm. the five-point framework to inclusive marketing. Okay. And there's no certification, but one, okay. it, the foundation is your content and communication. So one, your content is the content that's going to consumers. Wow. Okay. In this case, your communication is internal. So how are you communicating to your employees? Over the past three years, there's been a lot of diversity statements. A couple of months ago, we had Roe versus Wade. That's diversity, you know, women's rights. Yeah. Um, we had Stop Asian Hate, mm-hmm. um, Black Lives Matter, right? So all of those are communication statements. 
Um, in most cases, companies are sending internal communications to acknowledge their stance on a certain situation before they share it to the world, right? So how are you communicating? Um, the second thing is, wow. um, how are you marketing to candidates? So one thing that's um, starting to come on the rise is recruitment marketing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So you want a diverse workforce, but how are you marketing to diverse candidates? What are you doing to find these candidates? Are you going to uh, historical Black colleges and universities? Are you going to Hispanic serving institutions? Are you going to um, professional organizations for the mid-level and C-level opportunities? And then three, we have company culture, right? So oh. that's all about employee engagement, the affinity groups. Um, and I know that's hard um, because of the pandemic, we've gone into this virtual world, but what does the company culture look like? Mm -hmm. um, and then four is pretty much the client and consumer marketing, whether it's B2B or B2C. A lot of us are already doing that really well because we've already been taught to market for revenue, right? Yeah. Um, and then number five is probably my favorite mm -hmm. is um, community engagement. And I love that for the small business owner because yeah. the small business owner, they can't compete with money that Nike has, right? Or Chase has. But I'm like, how can you get involved in your community? Is there a scholarship? Um, are you volunteering? Are you speaking? Like on later on this week, the American Advertising Federation at the University of Houston, mm -hmm. I'm going to go speak to those kids, yeah. you know, on diversity marketing. So it's like, how can you get involved? And the thing is, when you do all of these things, you're creating content for your brand. Yeah, of course. If yeah. you can put on social media. Content is everywhere. <laughs> Everything is content out here in these streets. Let me tell you, I'm literally looking at a, a, a marketing agency to help me repurpose all this content. <laughs> They, they, they saw my, they reached out to me on Instagram. Yeah. They're like, you know, you can do X, X, X. Yeah. I said, I can do all of this again. They're like, yes, fam. Listen, here, here's really quick. It takes time. Do. Yeah. I said, great, great marketing. You know, you have yeah. take my money. Let's talk. You know, <laughs> it takes a lot of time. Yeah. That's a yeah. great point. That's a great point. So, so that's the framework. I feel like it's a very holistic approach. Very um, but I understand, you know, it takes resources such as manpower and maybe even finances to do it well, but it can be done. I mean, listen, that's why I'm a big fan. I'm a big, big advocate of hiring consultant like yourself, because like, yeah, I could Google everything you just said and try to do it myself, but who has the time? And if there's something we don't want to do is DIYing DEI. Okay. You don't oh, want to. That's good. You can look it all up. Okay. It's just like programmatic advertising. I have a course that teaches people with no experience, programmatic advertising, the fundamentals, what you want to know to get started. They can Google it, but they won't know where to start unless somebody specifically said something. Right. So there are content out there for all of this information. What we're telling you is that the, in, the investment that comes with hiring a consultant that does this because they're expert like Michelle is that it's going to be effective and it's going to be efficient. And I'm sorry, sometimes it's about that peace of mind. Okay. Let's add that over here. You got to invest in your peace of mind. If, if I want to work with Michelle, I'm investing in Michelle. She's just going to do it with me and for me. What else? You know, somebody, you got to learn how to delegate. I think a lot of us in leadership and in marketing and in our, and culturally speaking, we want to mm -hmm. do it all because we're, we think, you know, we're super, women or we're supermen we're supermen 
we want to do it all. And sometimes doing it all is not even healthy. It's not the way to do it. You have to delegate. You have to hire people that do it just as well <laughs> as you could have done it. Yeah. Trust them because that's also show your superpower, being able to recognize somebody's strength and uplifting them and working them and giving them the tools to, um, to do what they have to do. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing with DEI work right now is you have to stretch yourself. You know, you really have to think outside the box. Mm. And, you know, I tell, I always use this example. I'm like, there's, I'm sure there's some 35 year old white guy that's a CEO who just made $10 million last year. Right. Mm. And he's on the boat enjoying his life as he should. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what he doesn't realize is he lost 10 million mm-hmm. because there's so many communities of color, diverse communities that he didn't even bother to tap into. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they need his product and service. And it's like, what are you going to do to stretch yourself to get it in front of these diverse audiences? Yeah. And I think it makes a good point because, and sometimes it's hard because like I've had friends and say, because the mission of the podcast was to share knowledge and highlight diversity, whatever that meant. At that time, I didn't even understand, understood the impact of what that meant. But now I do. And sometimes they're like, I don't even know where to start. And sometimes it starts in your personal circle. Like, look around That's you. True. How many people look different, speak different, live from a diff- has a different experience than you? If they're all, if you can relate and you know and really y'all look alike and talk the same and all that stuff maybe you want to expand the reach i'm not saying that your current circle is a bad one but it's definitely not a full one if you're not expanding elsewhere it's trying to, to learn right and that translates into your work too as a hiring manager i can pinpoint when somebody doesn't have a diverse circle from the mm. first moment i talk to them like oh mm. see you brother <laughs> and i tell them straight up i'm like i'm not a di per uh consultant but i can definitely tell when somebody has limiting beliefs mm, how it translating hiring talent because they yeah. hire to train and maybe um help them hire that talent so you gotta you gotta expand a little bit you gotta expand a little bit you definitely do let's yeah. talk about your community because you've mentioned that you have 600 members that's something yeah. we want to celebrate i commend you <laughs> congratulations you. Uh, what are the fun things that are happening in your community these days yeah, um, we actually have an event on uh, September 29th. Let's um, talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're um, Dragonfly Editorial. We have two speakers that are going to speak on creating persuasive proposals. Oh, which, I, yeah, yeah. That so is, that's good. Yeah. Shoot. We just confirmed- might sign up. 29. <laughs> Let me write down real quick. What do I have on yeah, time? I'll definitely send Nothing. you the link. Um, it's yes. going to be on Eventbrite. And, you know, once again, we have a lot of agency owners um, mm-hmm. in the group. And I don't know about you, but, you know, constantly, constantly sending out RFPs or deciding which RFPs, yeah. you know, to work on. And, you know, even when I have discovery calls, I still have to send a proposal. Mm-hmm. But I want to make sure it's right. You know, I want yeah. new business. I want a nice pipeline. Yeah. So I'm really excited. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really excited about the event. So that's on September 29th. Nice. Um, I think we're working on a social event that's still in the works. Um, we want to do like more online social events just to get to know people. Yeah, like meet and greet or happy yeah. hour, social hour, like yeah. they say. Yeah, that would be so cool. We have that. And then we're already planning for our conference next year. So 
it's it's been an interesting journey. Of course, there's going to be other things that come up. Like we have some partnerships in the works, so we're going to make some right. announcements mm-hmm. um, in the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we're also planning for marketing for the Culture Summit 2023. That would be in Houston, Texas. Oh, nice. Because this year was in uh, Atlanta. Correct. So now you're moving it back home to Houston, Texas. Yes. Well, we will travel to Texas, okay? Yes. Houston yes. is beautiful. That's really dope. That's really dope. So if anybody wanted to join the community, what would they do? What would they need to do? Yeah. So if you go to aa-ma.org, you can fill out the membership form. Okay. Um, it is, it's a nice form. It's not too long, um, but make sure you complete it because we we do want to know, like, are you a professional, meaning are you in the workplace or do you have your own business? Um, and those metrics matter because that's what we're going to share to potential sponsors to get that money to help fund the organization. So please fill out the form, complete the form and um, and then jump in the Facebook group and, mm-hmm. you know, look out for um, upcoming events that we'll have. Yeah, that's really dope. I'm assuming that you're looking, are you looking for sponsors? Like what would be, what are some sponsorship that you are looking at right now? Like if anybody listening, because I think most of the listeners in this podcast are what we call media traders, media buyers, the ones managing the campaigns or their CEO, C-level literally is 50% CEO and 50% traders and account managers. Um, So if anybody is listening and be like, actually, I would love to sponsor an event that's going to be perfect PR for my company or for my brand. How can they reach out to you or what, what would be the perfect sponsor so that you can kind of lay it out if they are this, 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 then give you a call. Yeah. So we have plenty of tiers. Um, so ranging from 500 to mm-hmm. 2000 mm-hmm. to $50,000, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously 50,000 is the creme de la creme. Right, right. That's the right. one we want. That's the one yes. we want now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Spotify, <laughs> iHeart, Comcast, if you're listening. Um, That's funny. So Magnite, Pubmatic, yeah. all of y'all listening, you, you know, know. get know. get with it. A bank, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. But I do want to say this. Uh, marketing agencies or they say small business owners right it's Mm -hmm. the heartbeat of America and marketing agencies fall under that right Um, so I think we have a nice package for agencies to come in at around the two thousand dollar mark where they can sponsor a panel Um, so obviously we'll say their name before and after the panel of course we can have um, an agency owner or a team member speak on the panel um, and, you know, some other things as far as online promotions, email, mm-hmm. social, um, the podcast, things of that nature. So I think that will be the sweet spot for agency owners and small business owners. I'm excited about that. I have a feeling that will go up pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but as far as the perfect sponsor, obviously, it's the hybrid between marketing and technology. Mm, right. That's good. So I just mentioned the agency owners, but then there's a lot of SaaS products that allows us to be better marketers, right? It yeah, allows us to yeah. be efficient marketers. That's good. So like I plan on reaching out to Simrush, Hrefs. Um, I think there needs to be more talk about SEO because I always say SEO is not sexy, right? <laughs> but it works. Away it works. from that field. <laughs> it is so important. That's why I hire people. I'm like, listen, I don't want I yeah. don't know what SEO is about. You do what you gotta do. Uh, I see so, results. I see results. Yeah. You know? 
So, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people, I kind of, I kind of related to stock a little bit. I don't do a lot of investing, but it's like, what are those products that I'm using? Right. That's what I want to invest in. Mm-hmm. And if I'm already using SimRush, I'm like, hey, I use this tool. You can look at my account right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, do you want to get behind this mission? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some of the um, I guess, types of uh, sponsors that I'm considering. But at the same time, um, that's me speaking as a leader. Uh, right, we definitely have a planning committee. So there's a team behind me that we're gonna divide and conquer when it comes to this. And I have a great network, right? And I know lots of times people, there's always those crazy memes on social, like (laughs) your friends don't support your business because they didn't buy a product or service, right? But I have friends that, and not just face-to-face, like online friends, I haven't even Yeah, 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 yeah. I can relate. I can relate. I can't really, people that are not even in my field don't even know how to yeah. spell programmatic media and they'd be supporting me, pushing my product out there. Yeah, I get yeah. it. And and they're not, sometimes they're not even marketers, but they're like, hey, let me introduce you to this person. That, you know? that part, yes, ma'am. And like the knowledge, like, oh my God, earlier this year, I spoke to someone that had worked with Aspen Institute. Mm-hmm. And when I worked at the law firm, that's when I became familiar with the brand. And it's just like, wow. like you worked there, like, yeah, like that guy, there's no way I could have done that on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another mm-hmm. colleague connect me with someone that worked at South by Southwest. Yeah. And all he did was partnerships. That is so, so just, cool. just to have those intros and be like, Hey, can you look over my That's stuff? all it takes sometimes. That's all it takes is somebody like, maybe you should talk to this person. And like, if you're listening to this, like, that's literally all it takes an introduction mm-hmm. and yes. it doesn't take a long time. And people that get introduced to each other don't mind. Right. And yeah, if you want to have the course, cur- be crit. Cur- what is it courtesy to let the person know before I introduce you to this person, like, just know this is what they're trying to do. Yeah, do it. But most likely, like, it takes a long way for small business owners and for large accounts. Like we keep, you know, we talk a lot about small business owners, but most of those larger brands knew somebody and I knew somebody before they signed up with that media holding yeah. company. Let's be real. Let's yeah. be real. Let's be real. Trade Desk and Walmart, which is very specific to my, in my field. Mm-hmm. Somebody knew each other. That's why now Walmart is doing uh, the trade as a DSP as a main technology to place their media. Somebody knew wow. somebody. So it doesn't matter if you're small, medium, large, or global, not global. It's about that connection. And I think right. I want to applaud you for really pointing it out in the podcast because it's not talked about enough. Like, oh, can you like, no, ask for that intro. And if you know somebody, go ahead and even intro it for them. Like you have no idea how long it can take. And the last thing I'll say is that the intro might be today, but the result that you'll reap, that you'll reap might be later on too. That's really important. So remember, I always use the analogy of, again, my listener is going to be tired of me. I'm saying, but I always use the analogy of like the farmer or the hunter, like Mm. sometimes networking is you farming for the future. Like a farmer can just work. They plant seeds for four or five months. They don't really eat. Right. And then for the remainder of the year, six, seven, eight, nine months they're eating from what they they were farming at the beginning, whether the hunter is just like, I eat, I hunt, I eat, I hunt. Both are pretty good. Okay. You got to have a balance between both, but networking, that introduction that Michelle is mentioning is, is why it's important. And it's how we're farming. That's how we farm. 
Uh, and also, I know any organization that donates with us, mm-hmm. they're literally aligned with our mission, right? Mm. Because I That's know- really important. Yeah, like, you know, especially when George Floyd died, Mm -hmm. like the Urban League, NAACP, you know, they're going to get all the money, Mm -hmm. you know, Black Lives Matter, they're going to get all the money because they're first in line and those are legacy organizations. Yeah. And no shame in that. No. But I know when someone, listen, whether they give us $50 or $5,000, I know you Google (laughs) and and I appreciate that. (laughs) That's funny. I seen you Googling. Okay. Pull the glasses down, like I see you. <laughs> and, and also, more point, they're a marketer too, right? Yeah, yeah, they're a marketer too. So it's like, yeah. oh, they're they're doing their homework, and it doesn't take much to Google. It was like, yeah. what to Google? Mm-hmm. But I, I really appreciate it. Whether someone gives us five dollars or five thousand dollars, yeah, I, I know they're literally aligned with what we're trying to do here. Yeah, that's really dope, um, and I appreciate you for sharing that. So if you're listening, um, you know, Google. Or it'll be in the show notes, all of her information, including the events, everything. Now, so so I want to be respectful of your time. We're coming to an end here, but leave us with a wisdom, right? What is something you knew that you know now, right? That you wish you knew before? What is something you wish you told your freshman self, your younger self when you first got us, when you first started that you wish you know, but you know now? You know what? Um, I have a finance degree and I have a marketing degree. Mm-hmm. But I wish someone mm-hmm. told me about managing cash flow. Oh, wow. In your that's business. Mm, yeah. It's good. Because there's been times at the end of the year, I'm like, wait, why am I owing taxes? Like, where'd this money come from? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, as a business, when you start owing taxes, it means two things. It means you started earning enough to owe those taxes, which is good, right? You're making some profit. But that tax bill is like on another but level. It's the ebbs and flows oh. of business, you know, Gee. and it's, it's the managing of pretty much income. It's similar to a paycheck, but at least, oh, you know, with the paycheck, you know, you're going to get that every 15 days, yeah, 10 to 15 days, days. Mm-hmm. right? And with business, depending on your revenue streams, you may or may not know you can of course, your forecasting, yeah. projection, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But you just never know. And mm-hmm. but if you can really learn all things finance within your business, managing cash flow, and I know that you're like, okay, well, I have a bookkeeper and I have a CPA. That's fine. Definitely have those things in place, wow. mm-hmm. but have an understanding mm-hmm. of of what needs to be done on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, because one, it's just important, period. But especially if you're an agency owner, you might want to sell your business. One, and you don't want to scramble on a quarterly, annual, or at the end yeah. of whatever, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get your finances together. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of us were great at what we do, um, but when it comes to the accounting side, you know, not so much. And I wish um, that was told to me before I started my business. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things like I, I realized, so I'm going on four years on my, in my business and I'm realizing like very early on, I think it was early last year when I realized two years and a half in the business that 
Uh, yeah, I know. I need to either find a mentor, a business coach, something. And that's when I started looking for entrepreneurship uh, communities, um, communities for women specifically in business in their early stages. And I'm very glad I made that investment. Yeah. Um, but it was a scary investment. And that's not something that we teach, you know, that we are being taught. Like you got to invest in yourself to, in order to advance. And then everybody says that entrepreneurship is risky, it's scary, but to me, it feels safer mm. than working from a nine to five. Like mm. everybody, you know, sometimes I have conversation with people I should have conversation with, but, and they're all like, well, um, you know, entre- being an entrepreneur must be risky. You must be stressed. I'm like, no, I sleep better at night. I have control over my day. I have control over my income you know, and just like a nine to five, I can lose client as much as I can gain clients. Like you can get fired in a heartbeat, especially in some of those East coast States that I live in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, those, those, uh, what is it? Commonwealth States that don't mm-hmm. need to give you a reason to let you go or any severance packages. So to me, it's always like this. And I'm not saying this for anyone that is not an entrepreneur to gain into entrepreneurship. I'm just saying that even if you are happy at your job, you are challenged at your job, or maybe flipping the coin, you're not at all. There's always an opportunity for you to, to pivot your own decisions, uh, your own life. And that goes into making decision. So, yeah. So, I mean, I go, it goes back to what you said at the beginning, you know, you got to pivot a little bit. <laughs> when, when I hear the word pivot, I think about Ross from a uh, friend's you know, that one <laughs> meme that says pivot there in the stairs. He has a couch like pivot. Yeah. And he keeps saying, Sometimes you got to pivot and that's yeah. okay to pivot, you know? Um, but Michelle, thank you so much for dropping by. Oh, one go for thing. it. One more yeah, thing, yeah. one more thing. So one, I have to thank you. Oh, thank you. I have to thank you. I know we connected earlier this year through a Facebook mm-hmm. group. And when I met you, I want to say that was my first time hearing programmatic advertising. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I think this was maybe March or April when we connected. Yeah, I want to say it was March and April. Yeah. <laughs> but because of you um, and your podcast, you just you, your website, all that kind of stuff. I went through that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And for <laughs> our event, I actually played around with some Spotify ads Let's and iHeart. <laughs> Let's go. Ah, yeah. I remember, remember having that conversation too. Come on now. Yeah, we played around with some Spotify ads and yes. iHeartRadio ads. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think I would have done that if I didn't come across you. And I think the thing is, um, it just sounds expensive, right? You just think yes, Spotify, yeah. like, you know, it's radio. You can't access it, but actually you can. It was. And I know... So we, with Spotify, we started with a thousand dollar budget, but mm-hmm. I, I had to cut it short down to like less than 400 just because other things were becoming. Expensive. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, yeah. And I think iHeart, we spent about a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars. Um, so Spotify, the reach was great, but it was very insightful the day of the event. And it's, you know, just talking to people working in the room. It's like, how'd you hear about it? It's like, oh, I heard the ad on the radio. And I'm like, what? You're <laughs> like I mean that one yeah that small budget great no for real yeah it does it makes a big difference that compliment I was like oh like it works it pays for itself you know (laughs) hilarious yeah it's the best feeling ever I I can relate (laughs) 
But um, no, I just I just want to say thank you because your work is important. And I know the vocabulary in the industry is always changing and stuff like that. But because work. of you, I've just been more mindful. Mm-hmm. And when I'm seeing some I'm like, oh, like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it just plugs in together. It comes in together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, um, yeah. I do want to say this also for the event, like mm-hmm. um, I spent about fifty thousand, fifty thousand dollar budget on the event, mm-hmm. and that was my first time having that kind of money. And I was playing with all sorts of things, right? So we so did dope. the ads, of course, um, Instagram and Facebook ads, right, right. Um, we have bought That's two coming. billboards. Yeah, um, I saw the billboard in Atlanta. You you, t- you tweeted. Yeah, about so that. I was, I was like, just like her when I grow up. Like, even though I feel like I'm older than you, but I was like, I'm just trying to be like this. This is another level. <laughs> I was so dope. <laughs> but you know, it was it was it was fun. It yeah. was the first time I felt like I did a true marketing campaign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that that wasn't just strictly based off of content and social media, you know. Oh yeah, stepping outside of your mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, me and my team, we had a great time. But yeah, once again, I just want to say thank you for your work <laughs> because your work led to the exposure that allowed me to play and see results oh well thank you so much for sharing on the podcast too that's really dope i appreciate you Uh, i've been nothing but oppressed but like i said that's why i've been following you for a while and i'm so thankful you're on the podcast and this is not the last time you'll hear from michelle she's gonna be back okay um because we want to talk about event organizing coming together for an event for the culture like you're borrowing your terms and also community outreach i feel like that's not something we talk about enough. And even myself, I'm always thinking about how can I give back to that community? Like, uh, again, I work a lot with the big brands in New York, LA and stuff, but like I'm in Raleigh, Durham area. And there's a lot of agencies here. And I just now started like reaching out to them in the last six months. So I'm like, how can I make sure, you know, I give this around? <laughs> like, I want to be more uh, local focused. And I think community outreach is really important. So again, Thank you so much for stopping by. If anybody needs to reach out to you, how can they do that? Yes, please visit my website, michellegomeng.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, my first and last name. Perfect. And I'll have all of Michelle's information in the show notes of this podcast or on the YouTube videos for your information. And most likely in the newsletter, if you signed up to, which remind you, sign up to the newsletter if you haven't yet. So Michelle, thank you so much for dropping by and have a good one. Thank you.